0: Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to The Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Hey guys, Chad here, and we've got a special announcement that I am super psyched about. We are announcing the first ever Real Estate Hackers Conference. Get excited. It's called The Next Generation of Real Estate Investing focused on really the future of where investing is going, combining real estate, tech, and all the innovation coming about. It's going to be held in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the Lancaster Convention Center. We're going to have 40 speakers, including many folks that you've heard on this podcast, folks like Matt Faircloth, Jerry Horst, Anna Kelly, Michael Manti, even Eric Cabral, who produces the show, will be there. Networking at night on Friday and Saturday at some super fun places within walking distance of the event. And we're going to have a 100 vendors who are cross-investing. These are folks I wish I had met when I first started investing in real estate. Each will even have a discount coupon to save you money the first time you work with them. April 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Lancaster Convention Center. Go to realestatehackersconference.com to learn more. That's realestatehackersconference.com. Use the code HACKERS to save 50 bucks, and man, I hope to see you there. It's going to be an awesome, awesome weekend. On to the show. This show is brought to you by Slate House Property Management. Slate House manages over 4,000 units across the Mid-Atlantic, including Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Virginia, and Maryland. Property Management is for sure not the sexiest industry, but what makes Slate House unique is it was actually founded by investors and engineers. Slate House has built or licensed over 12 different technologies to improve returns for investors and make better living experiences for tenants. Full-time maintenance guides help work get done quicker at a reasonable price. Slate House manages properties for many of the guests actually on this show and has helped them scale their business so they can focus on acquiring more properties. For more information, go to slatehousegroup.com. Call 717-413-6976 or email service at Look forward to talking to you and back to the show. All right, guys. Welcome. I'm uh, pumped up here today because we've got Fred Moskowitz of Liberty Management uh, talking about a kind of totally different topic than we normally cover here on the podcast, notes and investing in notes. Fred, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Chad. Thank you for having me today.
0: Cool. So Fred, why don't you just kind of give people a brief overview of maybe what a note is in the investing space and also kind of how you uh, help people with notes. Sure.
1: Note Note investing is uh, something that's very closely correlated to real estate investing. A- as we know, the majority of of real estate transactions are done with some sort of financing, uh, which is usually originated by banks and financial institutions. And with note investing, what in essence we're doing is acquiring debt or originating debt that's used for the purchase of real estate. And we're focusing on the finance side of the transaction, and in most cases, the goal and objective is to benefit from the cash flows of that financing, uh, as as in, from the point of view of an investor. So you're able to to benefit from from the cash flows and receive income that way.
0: So when you're buying a note, is it is it typically a note that was originated by a bank? and maybe is now distressed or does it, is it all sorts of?
1: It it can, it can be. That's certainly one of, one of the options. Uh, Notes can come about from a a number of different ways. The first is like you mentioned a a note that was originated by a bank at one point. And what happens uh, oftentimes with banks is they are in the business of originating loans They will originate a loan and almost uh, immediately after the loan was originated, they'll sell it on the secondary market and take the capital from that sale and go out and originate new loans. Because that's their business model is to turn that capital over and over as quickly as possible. And banks, when they sell those loans, they sell them at a discount. And I'm sure that this has happened to you and many of your listeners, where you took out a mortgage on the property, either through sale, uh, purchase, or refinance. And within one, two, or three months, you get a letter from the lender saying your loan has been sold, and starting next month, you can send your payments to this new lender. Here's their address and contact information. It happens all the time. So that is one way to, to buy notes is to do so on the secondary market. But another way, which is um, very common, is for the seller of a property to originate a note by carrying owner financing as part of the sale. And there's a, a number of benefits to to doing that for both the seller and buyer. Uh, for instance, when you sell a property and carry financing and originate the note, originate a note and mortgage to your buyer, you are able to continue benefiting from cash flow on that property after not owning it any longer, which is uh, is great. And I know uh, quite a few successful investors that do that as part of their business model. They have a uh, house uh, property flipping business. They renovate properties and then they sell them with the objective of originating notes from that and generating cash flow after the sale. Um, yeah, so- no that,
0: that that makes a lot of sense. Um, so so give me um, give me an example. I guess uh, just a you know, kind of quick hitting question here. So if if a if someone Goes to the open market. Well, first off, how do you how do you even acquire a note? Is there a marketplace for notes? There
1: there have been uh, a few note marketplaces or note exchanges from time to time. Um, They they come and go uh, from what I've seen. But I've been in active as a note investor for the past ten years, and really the main way I see it is through building. Relationships with sellers of notes—it's—it's uh, it's not easy to uh, to do that without having relationships in place, and those those can be done by establishing them on an individual basis through networking, meeting others in the business, uh, attending note-focused conferences that take place throughout uh, throughout the country.
0: Are, are, are typically are typically the. The sellers of notes, they're, they're banks. Is there anyone else who, who sells a lot of notes?
1: Yes. Uh, they, they can be banks. They can be hedge funds as well, which is probably more, more common uh, and have more visibility. They, they will sell notes to individual investors. See, banks, when they sell loans, they're selling them in very, very large transactions. They might be selling hundreds or thousands of notes at one time which for the perspective of an individual investor, that that's probably not going to be a good fit for them. Um, So buying from hedge funds, there's note brokers also that focus on selling to individual investors and some of the note, note funds as well. And, um, and online exchanges there, there are some of them, but, uh, what I've seen is they they um, they come and and um, and have some product there available from time to time, uh, so certainly another another avenue to explore. But I would say the main main way is through building those personal relationships in the industry. It's a lot of networking involved with
0: that. So give me a sense what uh what. What can I expect from my returns on a note?
1: That is uh, a very, very broad question, but um, it, it really depends on, on the answer to another question, which is what is your risk tolerance and how much risk are you willing, willing to take? And I'll, I'll give some uh, color to that. If you are talking about a note which is in first position, it's in a a very desirable property and very desirable real estate market, uh, you might be looking at um, 6% return, 8% return, something like that. Now, if you are looking at uh, what could be considered a less desirable note where the property is not located in a desirable area or it's a junior lien or the borrower's credit and payment history is not pristine. Then uh, we can look, uh, see rates of return that are approaching eight, nine, 10, 12%, maybe up to 15% uh, and, and so on. So it really varies. And there's, a number of considerations to be taken into account, but overall it just has to do with how much risk, um, is, is the buyer willing to take. And a lot of that will uh, be based on the collateral of the note and the borrower's history there.
0: Got it. Um, so you mentioned you have a fund. What what kind of returns do people get in inside of the fund if they invest with you?
1: Note note funds um vary just as much as as the um the notes themselves do. They have different objectives, different uh business models. Some note funds focus on income only and they they seek to acquire high quality notes with good track records those are going to pay uh, lower lower rates of return uh, and then there's other other note funds that um, that have a more aggressive approach they will they will seek to buy uh, notes that don't have a good track record or notes that are in default that can be purchased for a greater discount um, to what's owed. And you could see returns with those that are in in the teens easily, so it 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 really varies, and uh, different funds have have different objectives so again, for an investor, if you were looking at a note fund to consider um, you, you want to look at what's the business model of the fund, what's their focus, and you'll you'll see that correlation on the returns where um, depending on the amount of security and safety and risk, it will uh, it will impact the, the rates of return. Some note funds pay strictly uh, just a preferred return ongoing. Other note funds pay a blend of straight return and uh, a, there's an equity position that might be at the end of the fund cycle. And there's other funds that don't pay any preferred return and defer all of the upside to the end. Gotcha. So You have to see uh, what, what the objectives of the investor are, whether they need ongoing income from that, and uh, make a choice appropriate for them.
0: What's the length of time these notes are held for? Are we talking like five years or is it you know 10 to 15 years? It it could
1: be, uh, it it could be all of those. Notes can be held for uh, any amount of time, and one of the benefits with uh, with owning a note that I've found is they're very liquid. And what I mean by that is, uh, think about how long if you had a, a property that you owned, how long would it take to sell that property? It might be. Easily uh, several months between listing it for sale, uh, having it on the market, and then if the property goes under agreement, you have your your period to close of a couple of months where inspections happen and the buyers trying to get financing, all all of that. So easily you could be looking at sixty to ninety days to sell a property but with a note. Uh, if you have a good network of note buyers to reach out to it 's not unheard of to, to be able to sell a note in a couple of days easily uh, if you 're willing to price it aggressively and offer a good discount it's uh, It can be very liquid um, and a great way to raise capital uh, quickly if you need so now your your original back to your original question of how long can you hold a note. It can be all across the board, and uh, some investors like to get in into a note and then resell them within one or two years. That, that's certainly one, one way, and uh, most notes, the, the term can vary. You, you can see anything from five years, 10 years, 20, or 30, and you can choose to hold it as long as you want. If you own a note in your self-directed IRA, which, by the way, is a strategy I highly recommend to people to look at, uh, those note investors probably will want to hold it for longer term uh, because they're looking for that income. But in in summary, it really comes down to uh, what is the velocity of, of money that you want to Achieve and how how quickly do you want to do that? Uh, there's definitely work involved with turning notes over uh, quickly, and uh, some people are looking to just acquire notes and then really have a hands-off approach and collect the income. Where others are going to look to uh, f- turn that around more frequently.
0: Now, you as someone who works in notes, do you do you get involved in the negotiation with the? So let's say. Uh, I mean, obviously, if if someone's paying on a note, that's the ideal, but uh, I'm I'm sure a lot of these are distressed or the person's not paying. Uh, Do you get involved in the negotiation and then eventually the basically the the seizure of the of the property?
1: No, no, not at all. And um, there's a number of reasons for that. Uh, There's a lot of compliance around being involved in any kind of collection activities and it's becoming highly regulated. So the best uh, approach for that is you let your, your team handle that. And what I mean by that, you have a, you have a note servicer that is in place handling the note. They take care of all the compliance and all the interaction with the borrowers on the note. Um, And they really provide a great service. And I would equate this to the same way you have a property manager managing a rental property and interacting with the tenants. The note servicer does a similar job for notes. They manage the note. They take any phone calls from the borrowers. They send out monthly statements. They handle uh, sending out the 1098 1098 interest statement at the end of each year, um, as well as handling all the compliance that's involved with um, at at the federal and state level, sending out different notices, disclosures, and all of those type of things. And if there's any kind of a a default or uh, if a note is non-performing, they will handle that on your behalf, and I think that's something that's best left to the note uh, note services to take care of. And um, and if you're involved in legal action to enforce the note, your attorneys and and legal uh, team can handle that for you. But I definitely don't recommend anyone trying to take that on on their own.
0: Got it. Um, anything you've learned over the years in terms of servicing notes, um, encouraging people to actually pay or, uh, kind of best practices there?
1: Yeah. Best, best practices. Um, I would say the main one is that you have a lot of, as a, as a note investor, you have a lot of, uh, Both responsibility and flexibility and be able to structure uh, structure transactions and structure agreements that are going to be a win-win for all parties involved. Um, So when you're considering, for instance, if you're considering a note note servicer to use for your business, you want to look at their processes and procedures and get a good understanding of that to make sure it's in line with, uh, with your own uh, goals and objectives, but definitely taking a close look at, at how they work. Different note servicers are uh, good at different things. So you wanna be able to uh, evaluate them on those merits. And I would even go as far to say, you, you may end up having multiple uh, note servicers depending on uh, different types of loans that you have or different type of assets that, that you acquire. So you you want to have a little bit of diversity in, in your vendors. And um,
0: but let me ask you a question. So I mean when, when you're looking for a loan servicer, are you looking for someone to like do you prefer the loan servicer to negotiate with the loan holder if they're having a problem and and maybe uh, come to a mutual agreement? Or do you tend to just say no? You know, adhere to a very strict schedule, and if they don't hit it, you know essentially file uh, uh, for the to, to actually seize the property.
1: No, we definitely encourage a loan servicer to uh, be fully open to all negotiate and um, and try structure winning solution with uh, with notes, especially if if they go into default. Uh, i I say that the best solution is one that allows the borrower to stay in their home and allows them to uh, to get caught up again if they get behind absolutely you wanna you always want to uh, sh- strive to that and I've found that financially that's always the best outcome for everyone involved,
0: yeah, that's interesting because in the rental business, it's kind of the opposite so in the rental business. And I guess it's because it's a shorter process to evict a tenant, but it just doesn't work very well to negotiate with tenants uh, in a rental situation. Um, everything I've learned is that basically, and data has shown us is that the best policy is to be very strict. And if they get more than half a month behind, you know, we typically are filing for an eviction. We we hate to evict people, but that's that's what we see it's interesting. I, I guess the difference here on the note side is probably twofold one you are getting a big discount on the note i imagine up front and then two i just i, I have to imagine the cost of going through with a foreclosure has got to be and time has got to be a lot more than an eviction is is that is that right
1: it, it is absolutely it's uh, it's a significant cost and the time can be long And, um, the, the, from the financial perspective, the, there's a lot of costs, a lot of costs incurred and your rate of return will decrease significantly if, if you have to pursue property in that manner. And what, what I find is that, uh, with, with homeowners, most people genuinely, uh, May have gotten into trouble, gotten behind due to circumstances in their life, but they still need, they want to stay in the house. Ultimately, people want to stay in their house because they're raising their family there. They want to stay in the same school district where their children are, and people want to stay, and they really appreciate an opportunity to get back on track again. So we want to make every effort possible to, to do that. Um, and, and I agree. It, it is a different uh, a different scenario than it, working with tenants as a as a, a landlord. All
0: right. Um, anything you've learned over the years that, that maybe uh, you wouldn't have expected in the note space?
1: Yes. Uh, I would. The main thing is that you never know how loans are going to turn out in the long term so when you go into a note purchase uh don't ever have too much expectations about what the outcome is going to be because there's there's surprises all the time there's really an element of randomness involved in that um notes pay off unexpectedly it happens all the time and one of the interesting things is that when when a note gets paid off either property gets sold or it's refinanced. Never, you don't have really any control over when that happens. It could happen a year after you bought a note or ten years or never. The note the note could be hold uh, all the way through its term. Uh, but the statistic in the United States is that uh, the life of a mortgage is five to seven years on average before the property owner refinances or sells a property so you do get some surprises i just had i just had one happen Uh, a note we bought about a year ago um was purchased as a performing note it had a good track record we received payments on it for about a year or a year and a half and then uh, the servicer contacted us to let us know that the um the borrower requested a payoff quote and it looked like they were getting ready to pay off the loan in full, which ended up, ended up happening. And, and when that happens, the difference in the discount, when you bought that loan to the amount owed, you get all of that all at once. So that, that really drives your rate of return. And in this case, uh, it took our rate of return from, 12% and put it into the 20s, it, it just shot right up. Uh, and again, the element of randomness, you never know when that's going to happen. Things come out of the blue and uh, it's, it's great when it happens. So the best thing to do as a, a node investor is you have that capital comes back, get right back in action and redeploy it again to keep, keep the velocity of money moving as best as possible.
0: How do you think about interest rates? I mean, I have to imagine, based on what you just told me, that essentially somebody refining is, is a huge win. I would think interest rates lowering would be a good thing overall, and I would think higher interest rates, you'd probably see a lot less of what you just just said. Is that is that is that accurate?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, when interest in a rising interest rate environment, you're going to see less and less refinancing activity simply because a borrower, if they have a rate lower than, than the current market rate, they're going to, that's incentive to keep that financing in place as long as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So it, it, um, it, it trends right along with um, with refinancing and, activity that uh, financial institutions are seeing how
0: do you how do you think about uh, uh, Look, the economy has been really strong in the last five ten years uh, you, in the note world a, a downturn in the economy i presume that leads to more notes available to buy but also probably worse performing notes is that is that accurate
1: Yes. What will happen in that case is there's more notes available to buy, rate of defaults will go up as well, and also the pricing of notes will go down. It's it's really based on supply and demand.
0: Um, I mean, that, so you say you've been doing this for ten years. You yeah. you started at a really interesting time. <laughs> I did. <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. When I started, it was a very different environment than, than it is today. I started in in a period when there was so many notes available on the market, defaulted notes, uh, performing notes with good track record, all of them. And the pricing was, was pretty aggressive, again, uh, as a result of, of supply and demand. And during that time, you weren't seeing too many Uh, refinances or uh, loan payoffs or good equity positions backing the notes. Um, But for anyone that went into this with a long-term perspective that they're getting into investing for the long haul, what happened over time was we started to see property values come back, equity positions increased, and the value of what once was deemed a less desirable note Transitioned into a note that was more desirable and had higher value, up and bringing us to today where we see much higher pricing and a lot less availability of notes for sure. Um, so the the uh, strategy really is to be aware and knowledgeable about those market conditions and always look to adapt uh, because, like like anything else, it things go through cycles, just like real estate
0: does. Yeah. I have a question for you. I, uh, so we've written a few notes. Uh, I I think we just kind of Googled note and found whatever we could find online. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure that's not the right approach. What, what's your kind of advice to someone who maybe you own a property maybe you are going to give seller financing on that property. Um, What's your kind of advice to have a kind of strong, note agreement with the buyer
1: yeah that's an excellent question chad um and let's spend a a few minutes to really unpack that the the first thing i want to point out it it can be a very powerful strategy if you are a property owner one of the main benefits of course is you can continue to, to get cash flow after the sale also there can be significant tax benefits to the seller because you're able to uh, defer a lot of the capital gains over the life of the note. Instead of having all the capital gains on the sale of the property due in the year the property was sold, you're pushing that out over the term of your note. And this is certainly something to look at with your CPA, your tax professional, you want to make sure that you set up the note so that you can qualify for what's called an installment sale uh, by the IRS. They want to, you want to have it categorized as an installment sale, and that will let you spread out your capital gain over many years uh, instead of having it all in one year where it's going to push you up into one or two uh, next tax brackets.
0: Right. Right. That, that makes sense. So just just make sure I understand that. So, and, and I've 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 mentioned this before, but I've I've never actually talked to someone who's quite as knowledgeable as, as you are. So, um, let's say I'm um, you know I I bought a property for 50k. I'm selling it for 100, and so I'm about to have a 50,000 dollars capital gains tax there. But I but I have 50k essentially left as seller financing on what what, what I guess sounds like a, sounds like an installment sale then I essentially wouldn't have to pay that capital gains tax, uh, which would be potentially pricey, and instead spread that out over the next uh, 15, 20 years. Am I thinking about that right?
1: Yes, exactly. You will spread that out over over the term of the loan. And yes, you'll pay taxes on the interest income, but um, the capital gains tax will get spread you'll pay that on the principal of the note as you receive it each year.
0: Right, right, that makes so, uh, a ton of sense. I mean, I would think especially someone who's selling a property who may have a very large tax hit in one year, yes. uh, which would then potentially kind of increase their overall tax liability. Spraying that out would probably make a ton of sense.
1: It, it, absolutely. It can be, and it can make a huge impact. Uh, most likely it will push you up by at least one tax bracket in, into the next higher bracket. Right. And even worse, you could get hit with alternative minimum tax, which is a whole nother uh, scenario that you definitely want to be mindful and, um, and avoid that. Uh, but it, it, it this gives you the main thing is it gives you flexibility and allows you to do tax planning with, over over the next few years. And yes, you still have to pay taxes on that gain. But if you have tax planning in place, you can minimize that and work uh, uh, work with your CPA to have a plan right. so that you can pay as m- least taxes as possible. Yeah, so that, that's that's a huge benefit right there, just from from that tax
0: perspective. Yeah, so that makes sense. So on the tactical, actual note side of things, yes. it, uh, What's your recommendation to actually have an accountant write that note for you, or is there a note online that you can just grab? That's kind of a normal note, or how do how do you how do you recommend that?
1: There, there's a couple of different. A couple of different aspects to this. The the main question is, are you selling the property to an owner-occupant or to an investor? In other words, is this going to be a residential loan or a commercial loan? And based on that, there's two different approaches. Let's say you're selling this to an owner-occupant and, um, someone that's going to buy the property to live in there and as their primary residence. So what happens is that is going to fall under uh, all kind of, all kind of regulations from Dodd-Frank and that, that can get pretty complicated. So the right way to go about this is you want to have what's called a licensed loan originator. Mortgage loan originator, MLO, they're licensed in each state. So you can find find one um, in your area. They will originate the loan for you. They'll prepare all the loan documents. They're going to underwrite the borrower, collect all their financial information, just like uh, a mor- mortgage broker does, really yeah. very similar role. They'll make sure that the, the borrower's qualified for the mortgage, and they're properly licensed to do that. And they'll prepare all the loan documents for you.
0: Okay. And um, then how about a commercial loan?
1: So commercial loan is a lot um, different. It's not subject to so much regulation. There's a lot more flexibility there. But you still want to have an attorney for sure prepare that for you. Uh, Got it.
0: So I should, I go, go through an attorney probably. I was saying an accountant, but but that may Makes sense that yeah, it's probably and, the attorney who would write up that that loan doc.
1: Yes. And this is something they do all the time. Any real estate attorney should be very familiar with uh, preparing loan documents for owner financing. They're going to make sure that everything's done properly. They're going to make sure that the mortgage gets recorded uh, in the county where the property is so that your uh, collateral is protected. Um, there, there's a lot of steps that uh, you want to make sure get followed to protect your position because uh, you don't want to write a loan and um, find out later that your loan was unsecured or wasn't it wasn't attached to the property property in the correct manner. So they they will take care of that. But absolutely, you do not want to download something off the internet and just use it because this is very state-specific, and uh, you God. don't want to fall uh, into any of the pitfalls or landmines that can come through that.
0: Yeah, so so the the thing I downloaded online, that was probably a bad idea. Is that what you're telling me, Fred? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that the, the prevailing wisdom is that a lot of these documents are kind of similar, and I guess maybe once you have done this a couple times, you kind of have a document that it has been blessed by a lawyer and maybe you don't need to go back to a lawyer every time. Is that, is that probably accurate?
1: It is. And I would say, even if, if you're working with an attorney, they usually have the, they should have these as a template already made up. So yeah. they're not going to spend a lot of time reviewing it. Um, and and right. you're paying by the hour. So, so if you have something already and you bring it to them, they're going to charge you, Couple hours to review it and revise it and and all of that. Um, so you're better off letting them uh, prepare prepare the documents for you. And the other thing is, it's very reasonable to charge that to the borrower as a document prep fee, um, which you you've probably seen this on the HUD one when you take out a loan. There's going to be a doc prep fee charged right on the HUD one. That's what that's for. Um, so you can include that as a cost to, uh, to the borrower. That's very, very customary to do that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, Fred, this is great, man. I I've learned a ton about notes. Um, and I think it's interesting. I think when I I think about the, the note world, I think a lot of times about note funds, but it's interesting that. I mean, I guess really anyone in real estate could be working with notes, either providing seller financing or even private financing on deals. So uh, I don't really think about that as kind of my, myself actually being in the note world, but then I think about it, I've probably interacted with probably five to 10 notes myself. And, and as you kind of go in your real estate journey, you, you might interact with more and kind of spending time to educate yourself on these different processes just gives you another kind of method to succeeding in real estate.
1: Yes, absolutely. Consider it as just another tool in your toolbox, whether you're buying a property and there's owner financing involved, which may be appealing for you, or if you're selling a property and you want to continue to to benefit from the cash flow, it's certainly something to explore to see if it makes sense for you as an investor. Cool. Uh, in, in addition uh, to someone that's interested to, to just strictly invest in, in notes. On yeah,
0: themselves. cool. Just two more questions. One is, uh, is there any term that you sometimes see maybe missing from a note doc that, that would be good advice to investors to just to make sure they have that, that term or that clause or something to make sure they think about when creating a note uh, with maybe a buyer?
1: yeah absolutely i would say um one thing you want to look for is um is there a first right of refusal clause in the note to handle the case where if the, the note got sold at a discount the lender has a first right of refusal to um or i'm sorry the borrower has first right of refusal to match that discount, and I'll explain what that what that is. Let's say you have, let's say you, Chad, you buy a property with owner financing. The owner's going to carry a note. Okay, it's a yeah, hundred thousand yep. dollar. Let's say the loan is a hundred thousand dollars. That's the amount being financed. So what you want to do as a borrower on that owner financing, you want to make sure that. As a borrower, you have first right of refusal in case that note ever gets sold in discount. Because what happens if a couple of years into the into that note, the the seller of the property, they're, they're the note holder, they're the lender, they have a hundred thousand dollar loan. And let's say they go out in the secondary market, they need to raise capital quickly for something. They go and sell it for 80000 Well, if you had that clause in there, you would have first-rate refusal to match that and buy out the note.
0: Yeah, 80, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Basically, you, you don't want someone selling the note out from under you uh, without your, your blessing, I guess.
1: Yeah, without a chance for you to participate in that benefit,
0: right? Do do you see uh, do you see that clause missing sometimes in Always. notes? It's something <laughs> you have to ask for
1: and negotiate. And if you think about it, when and this is what you do when you're negotiating the purchase of a property with owner financing, that's something you can ask to have included in there. And really from the bar, uh, from the seller's perspective, it's not a big concession for them to give up.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But they wouldn't think about it. And maybe they don't even know that you can do that, but you can ask for it. And if in, if it comes up, it can be a huge benefit for you. You can take advantage of that discount.
0: Cool. Fred, one more question for you. One thing we ask all our guests is uh, something you're excited about from a technology or innovation perspective in the world that you work in, in real estate. Um, from a notes perspective, what's, what's kind of something that you're looking forward to over the next couple of years where you see coming down the horizon that you think will have an impact on, uh, on notes overall?
1: From a technology perspective, I think that uh, I'm seeing uh, some interesting things coming up where uh, note servicers are starting to open up their backends, their software systems through their, through their APIs, which allow uh, people to interface directly with the data. So instead of going through their user interface or their portal, you could maybe access it through an API. And if you have any kind of a large note system or management system, or you're using a popular CRM to uh, to do that, you could sync up to that data source directly, which, uh, which is really nice. I'm seeing a lot of uh, positive movement in that area. And, uh, I think that will grow over time. So that's definitely definitely something I'm, I'm excited about for sure. And um, the other thing is I'm seeing so many different types of technology and tools really uh, coming together um, in the space. As I mentioned, CRMs are getting a lot more advanced. Uh, I'm seeing different... Uh, different tools like uh, things that I use Calendly is a great one for scheduling appointments uh, with people and I do a lot of networking and interacting and outreach with sellers of notes and buyers of notes.
0: are you seeing are you seeing servicing getting better uh, as it's more tech driven so that you can probably faster organize and communicate with potential uh own uh, holders of the uh of the notes
1: yes yes absolutely absolutely uh, and different servicers uh are at different different levels with that and you you'll see that um cool. but that's something um you when you mentioned earlier what to consider when you're evaluating servicers definitely you want to spend time looking at their their portal, their technology platform and see what they have to offer.
0: Sounds good, Fred. Well, Hey, look, thanks for joining us on the show today. Uh, What's a good way for people to reach out to you if they're interested in maybe your, your fund or maybe just have a question about uh, a note.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a a number of different ways you can visit my website, which is fredmoskowitz.com. That's one way to learn more about me to connect with me. Also, uh, anyone that's interested can use a, uh, through their mobile phone to text the word note, N-O-T-E to 555 and just follow the prompts. That will be uh, a way for people to uh, be able to sign up for my newsletter and, and connect with me that way. Uh, I'm cool. very passionate about the note business and love, love talking to folks one-on-one that are interested to, uh, to learn more and get started with it.
0: Cool. I love it. I love the texting uh, to enter. That's awesome. Well, good stuff, Fred. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Hopefully, we'll see you at one of our meetups or our conference in April, and uh, thanks for joining the show
1: chad thank you this was a lot of fun we had a great discussion and uh thanks again again for having me on today it's been a pleasure
0: you got it see you soon fred thank you thanks for joining us today i have one more request if you like this show could you just please give us a review on apple podcasts i'd really really appreciate it so more investors can hear about us follow us at Real Estate Hackers on instagram If you're cool like my wife, and if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up. Maybe we'll get you on this show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.